Well, hallelujah, Christ has come. And aren't we grateful? I say greetings to you once again this morning, and thank you, choir, for that beautiful music that we share in this uh, Christmas music for this time of the year. I just love it, enjoy it every time I hear it. Can't wait for next year. Wait, we're not done yet. But what a blessing you are to us to, uh, as we make our way through Christmas this year. Thank you, Carol. Again, they thank you, but thank you so much and uh, the way you serve our choir and our congregation. Also, we want to congratulate the Sipes family on the birth of Benjamin Emery Sipes. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> I got to hold a little baby. Uh, I bribed him with some, some bread, but I, uh, you know, I got to hold a little baby. What is it, over, a little over nine pounds and 21 inches long? I mean, it's just beautiful, beautiful little baby. Did fine. Had a little southern eruption. I gave it back to mom. And uh, just take that back. And, uh, but beautiful baby, we just congratulate you guys today. They're here. Mom's staying home and taking care of baby. And it's a wonderful time in the Sipes residence. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thanks be to God for his blessings of children. We love them. It's a great way to grow the church. Would you all get busy? No, I didn't. It's all good. It's all good. Well, there's an old saying that kind of goes like this. It says, the more that you know, the more you know that you don't know. Are, are you getting that? The, the more that you know, the more you know that you don't know. And, and, and you couldn't have told me that when I was 25. <laughs> I, I would have looked at you and said, no, 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 I know what I know. And I probably would have argued with you and you would have said, I don't like you. And you'd, you'd walk away from me. But, but absolutely, it's, it's possible in our lives that the more that we know, the more that we find out that we really don't know sometimes. This is true, isn't it? It's, it's seen throughout ministry. You see it, I've seen it throughout ministry, that often the, the very things that we study, the more that we attempt to have a precise understanding of many of the given things, uh, the, the, more that we, the more we find how elusive uh, th those understandings can be. Uh, working our way through ministry education, we as students, we would be challenged by, our, our, by, by what we saw our professors, they would challenge us on many occasions. We take our heartfelt, set in stone, unmovable, unshakable beliefs about something that we would attempt to defend them in our first year of college. And they'd look at us and go, that's okay. That's all right. And they, but they, they'd say, defend that. And we'd try and defend that. And then they'd give us a little some more instruction and more understanding, and we think, I, I don't like what he just said, especially in my psychology class. I didn't like psychology. I didn't like what he's trying to do with us, and I just, eh, you know, and he, he'd, he'd say some things, and I'd say, I don't like what you just said, you know, and uh, I, I found myself digging in and, and kind of saying, and then we kind of close ourselves off. Well, I don't like you anymore, so I don't care if you are my, my uh, teacher. I, I don't like what you just said, and, and, and so we find that there are those things that, that we, we, we kind of develop some notions about some things. They, they, weren't, uh, they, they weren't bad notions. They were preconceived, maybe. They were the way that we were brought up or the environment that we, that we were raised in. Uh, but they were just notions that were kind of one way or the other. It had to be this way or that way. It can't be that way because I, I, I didn't grow up believing it that way. And, and so they were notions, not bad, just the way that we had developed them with not much consideration for any additional insight or understanding. And, and then when additional information was inserted at times, we'd become closed off and turned off by it or even upset or offended. I don't like that, that class. I don't like that, that teacher or that friend that, that has a new idea about something. Sometimes this new information or revelation uh, would even bring some doubt 
we, we begin to maybe doubt some things. The thoughts and the questions would move towards, have, have, I, gotten, have I gotten some things wrong? We, we didn't want to say wrong, but, but, but just maybe, did I, did I get a few things wrong? Of course, for the most part, we hadn't gotten it all wrong. It, it's just that our, our perception had become our reality. We had perceived some things a certain way and it had become our set in stone, heartfelt belief. And we, maybe we hadn't considered other information and it just kind of became a notion for us. And there was just little room or for additional learning or understanding. This sort of thing can happen to us when things don't turn out exactly how we thought that they were going to. When I first heard that Tesla was going to make a truck, I couldn't wait to see it. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And then I saw it, and I went, not what I was hoping for. <laughs> not exactly. I mean, it's kind of cool a little bit. I don't know. It's kind of like a truck DeLorean, I suppose. But uh, not exactly what I, I saw some other renditions or renderings that I thought, oh, that'd be cool. And this is what Elon brought us. Did you know that it had windows that were impenetrable? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, they broke those right out. But but just not exactly. You, you know, you have things in our lives that, that, that come up and they're not exactly what we were hoping for, not exactly what we were thinking it was going to be, thought it would be different, believed it would be different. We may have grown up in a particular environment that had us looking or seeing things in one particular way, and then life hits. Do you remember when life hit? Come on now. <laughs> Maybe you remember the first time you started paying your own rent. Remember when that life hit? You went, wow, that's, that's a lot for me to live here. Or, or, or maybe it was buying groceries or making car payments or paying for your own insurance or any of those life things that we all do. Perhaps you remember thinking, how am I supposed to make it each month? You ever said that to yourself? How am I supposed to make it? Stuff's expensive. How do I reconcile at times what I believe with what I'm going through. The very things that I believe with the things that I'm going through, going through challenging things. It could be a death of a friend, a loss of a job, a breakup of a marriage, whatever it may be. We're going through things in life that we weren't planning on, they were, and they're coming our way, and, and, and we, we have to reconcile what we're going through with kind of what we believe and how we believe about some of these things. It, it's like the guy that reached... The end of his job interview, you've been on a few of those, haven't you? You know, trying to do the best you can. He reached the end of his job interview, and the human resources person asked this young engineer fresh out of MIT, he said, so what starting salary were you looking for? And the engineer said, well, in the neighborhood of 125000 a year, depending on the benefits package. And the interviewer said, well, what would you say to a package of five weeks of vacation 14 paid holidays, full medical and dental, company matching retirement fund of 50% of your salary, and a company car leased every two years, say a red Corvette. How would that be for you? And the engineer, he sat up and he said, are you, wow, are, are you kidding? To which the interviewer replied, yeah, but you started it. <laughs> you started it. You see, how we think life will go is rarely how it goes. The older we get, the more we understand this truth. Or the more that we experience life, the more we realize the reality of that statement. You, you see, what we really believe about people is sometimes even proven wrong when we actually get to know them. 
You ever looked at somebody and said, you're kind of a jerk? You didn't say it. We don't say it because we're spiritual people, you know. But we might have thought it. And then you get to know that person. And you go, man, you weren't, you weren't anything like what I was expecting. But now that I get to know you, you're, I, I kind of like you. Well, I really do like you. you you've been there, haven't you? You're not going to admit to the truth this morning, are you? Nope, nope, I like everybody. You see, until we get to know people, sometimes we believe something else about them. It's true that sometimes our deeply held beliefs are shaken when we're confronted with tragedy or, or when somebody that we love, they walk a different direction or a different road or, or, or life takes a different route. Unmet expectations can lead us to unstable foundation. Our balance can be thrown off. The question is, how can we, how can what we've always believed be true to be true can be so possibly not so true? How can what we've always believed to be true possibly be so wrong? Have you ever been there? Have you had someone confront your expectations or even your belief system so drastically that you begin to wonder what, if it's true or what's true. In our text this morning, we find once again that we're not alone in our feelings of unmet expectations. There, are, We can find about anything that we go through, we can find it in God's Word. It's just there. You have to read, into, read through it, pull it out. You can find what we're going through. Here's a book that's, too, that's so old, that's so old, and, and yet it describes the very things that we're going through. We're actually in really good company this morning reading from the Word of God. I direct your attention to Matthew 11, 2 through 11. And I'll leave you seated this morning, but Matthew 11, 2 through 11, the Word says this. Now when John, while imprisoned, heard the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples. They said, now when John, while imprisoned, things had changed. Life's going not exactly the way that you thought it was going to go. While John in prison heard of the works of Christ, he heard what Jesus was doing. He sent word by his disciples. He said to them, are you the expected one or shall we look for someone else? This is the one that he baptized. This is the one that he heard from, from heaven and, and all these things he's seen. He's, he's, hearing the, he's hearing the reports of what's going on and he sends word and says, are you the one or should we keep looking? And Jesus answered and said to them, go and report to John what you've heard and what you hear and see. And, and bl the blind receive sight and, and the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed, he says, is he who does not take offense at me. As these, men's were going, as these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to, into the wilderness to see? He says, what, what were you looking for out there? A reed shaken by the wind, like, like weakness, this, this weak reed. Or, he says, but what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Privileged, well-to-do type of a king type? Is that what you went to see? He says, those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? He says, a prophet? And then he says, yes, I tell you, the one who is more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. Blessed, or behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before the Lord. Truly, he says, I say to you, among those born of women, there was not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. 
Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven, least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you for your word. And we pray, Lord, that we would maybe, maybe you could bring into light, maybe change some perceptions that we might have this morning, if needed. That we might see the kingdom of God the way you see the kingdom of God. And we're grateful and we're thankful for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, unmet expectations, you see, that's where John is in our text. He had some ideas about who the, the Messiah was going to be and, and what the Messiah was going to do. He saw, he, he heard, he had seen, he had baptized. And, and what John was anticipating was a radical, a radical cataclysmic, they say, judgment for those not following God and for those who have oppressed the people of God. He, he wants to see that axe thing, the A-X, the, the axe. We can see it clearly there in John 3, 10 through 13. When John says this, he says, The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He's not talking about our peach trees. He's not talking about lemons and oranges. He's talking about individuals here, people that he sees, that, that he's ready to see that axe, a, a change of what's going on. Something's going to got to be different, and they've been waiting on their Messiah, and he wants to see all the leveling of the field brought back down and something else changed. He says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah, the Holy Spirit and fire, not just laws and legal, but Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fork. Are you ready for the winnowing fork? Uh, he says he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor and he will gather the wheat into the barn. He wants wheat in the barn. He doesn't want the chaff. The wheat's coming in the barn. The chaff's going to be burned off with unquenchable fire. The images that it brings up is something completely different than what's been going on. And John's in prison and he, he's hearing the reports about Jesus the Messiah and he's wondering, that doesn't sound exactly like the acts that I was talking about. That doesn't sound like the unquenchable fire that I believe was supposed to be coming and, and John was obviously waiting for that axe to fall. In this morning's text, John finds himself in prison. Things have changed. It's not going exactly how he thought it might go. He, he's in prison. So he doubts. He wonders have I been wrong? Is Jesus really the Messiah? John hears about all that's going on, about what Jesus is doing, but it did not fit his notions of what the Messiah would actually do. And it's not just his beliefs. This was the belief of most of the Jewish people and what they believed was about the Messiah, what they believed that he would come to do, he'd overturn it all. He'd set up a new kingdom, and things would be righted that had been wrong for a long time. They wanted a political king, the freedom that the Messiah would bring, in their understanding, would be freedom from political oppression. Does that sound familiar in the day that we live? They wanted a conquering king. They wanted a king that would vanquish their enemies and set up a new ruling party. You see, the God that we serve today, our God, he isn't looking to just fix all of our problems, our personal problems. He's not wanting to make us all millionaires. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. 
He's not working hard to, to, to make America great again, to, to change our culture. You see, his plan is bigger than just me. His kingdom come is not subject to the House and the Senate and the Congress of the United States of America. No, our God, this God, this Advent season, I believe, would like for us as a people of God to experience his love, his joy, his peace, and his hope. Regardless of impeachment hearings and regardless of Brexit and regardless of an economy, that's not what Jesus is worried about today. That's not what our God is considering today. He'd like to bring us his love, his joy, his peace. And I'm not talking, well, we don't love. We just love, 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 love. I'm not talking warm, gushy love, 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 love. We all love that. We'll have that with our puppies on Christmas morning, whatever. But I'm talking about actually seeing his kingdom come, seeing what it is that he's doing in our world and, and making a difference in that place. Love, joy, peace. Did you know you can have all those things regardless of what's going on in our lives? The real question for the people of John's day and for us today, what do you, what do you really want today? Do you want a vengeful king? Or do you want a suffering, sacrificing Savior? That's the real question. John was the first to recognize this, the Messiah while still in the womb, yet here finding himself in prison, everything not working out exactly as he thought. He wonders this, if the Messiah doesn't look the way I think he, he should look or would look, is he still the Messiah? He doesn't look like what I thought he'd look like. I thought his plan was my plan. No, wait, my plan was his plan. His plan is my, my plan. Oh. If Christ isn't working in my life or in the world the way I want him to, is he still Christ? You see, what John is experiencing and wanting is not what, that different from what we're looking for in our Messiah, the Messiah that we're looking for. We so often expect God to move in ways that we are so uh, comfortable with. I can admit to that today. We even ask God to bestow on us or bless us in very self-serving ways. It might be money, some fame. Uh, just take care of my problems, God. You know, just, just pour out. I, I know that you only have good in mind for me, so pour it out on me, Lord. That's what I want in my life. I want my kids to be perfect. I want all my kids to be perfect. Have you found that to work, be working out for you, that all of our kids are perfect? I know that all the Sipes boys are perfect, man. They're just like right on right there. <laughs> and yet God is so good to us, and he does bless us. He does meet our needs, but what if God's blessing looked more like the Beatitudes? What if those blessings look more like blessed are the poor in spirit? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who mourn. What if it looked more like blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted or blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What if it looks more like that because they'll be satisfied or merciful and they'll obtain mercy or, or pure in heart and they'll see God. What if it looked more like peacemakers for they shall be called children of God or, or, or just the blessed are those persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, that's what we want. I want to be persecuted, Lord, because I want your kingdom come. Your will be done. What if it looked more like that? What if it's not that God isn't blessing us while he blesses others, 
but that our, perspe- our, our, our perspective is, is wrong or maybe even slightly off balance. You see, we question, where is God in the midst of tragedy? And hey, I don't like to admit it, but there are times when I see some of you suffering or hurting or disillusioned about some things in life, and I sometimes say to myself, Lord, where are you in this? Where are your redemptive qualities in the suffering that I see going on in our own people? But what if today God is trying to show us that he is in the very midst of the tragedy or of the disappointment or of the unmet expectation and he is grieving with us? In our national climate today, we sometimes view God as being on our side of a political opinion. Hey, what if instead God is asking us to completely reframe our thinking, not around a political system, but around the kingdom of God? What would it mean to us if we realized that we've been looking for a political power while God has been asking us to change our hearts and care for our neighbors? You see, when we look, when we look for our own specific type of Jesus, we will inevitably begin to question if Jesus is the Messiah that he says that he is. When we look for our own type. When I filter it through my own experiences and through my own comforts and my own disappointments, I will make Jesus out to be something that the word isn't saying that he is. So what do we do? That was the question from last week's text. What do we need to do? What should we do? And for today, an abbreviated message that it is, from our own personal prison cells of thinking, whether they are self-inflicted or just unfair places, whether they be emotional or spiritual places that aren't turning out the way that we thought that they would, whatever the unmet expectation that we find ourselves in, instead of a personal financial or political victory today, we need to be looking for acts of mercy in the ways that we find people restored and redeemed and and, and brought before God and freed. We find it in generosity and love toward our neighbors, uh, uh, thinking about how we can give and not just receive. In in the places where there's resurrection is happening, where we see lies change, our our whole idea is about transformed lies. And when we see those lies transform, that resurrection that's happening in the lives of those that were dead in sin and now have come alive to Christ. You see, Advent is about expectation, but the question is, what are we expecting? Today, we just may need to repent of some ways that we have constructed a certain view of who Jesus is. Our question this morning is, how can we ask for eyes to see who Jesus really is and who he is calling us to be in response to him? How can we remove some of the distractions in our lives to see these acts of mercy and grace? that are all around us, not as a disappointment, but as the true fulfillment of the Messiah right here in our midst. We may have to look at some things differently. We are not that far removed from the questions that John had that day. We, we question who Jesus is all the time. And it's okay to have questions. He understands that too. Jesus didn't reject John's questions. He doesn't reject ours, but we often need to acknowledge that the more we know, the more we don't really know. Our certainty about who Jesus is sometimes robs us of our ability to learn and embrace who Jesus is trying to show us that he truly is. This Advent, we have 
one more week and then Christmas Eve. This Advent, let's take time to acknowledge the ways that our ground has been shaken underneath of us and the ways that our expectations have let us down. And let's learn to have new expectations. New expectations to to expect that maybe God is doing a new thing in a way we could never have thought or even imagined. Today, let's, let's seek to be open to the questions that lead us to new openness or trust in who the Messiah is. Is there any part of the kingdom of God that, is, that, he, that, that Jesus is describing to John that we are uncomfortable with? Is there anything that he's saying there in the blessed are that we kind of go, oh, well, I don't mind saying that, but I don't really want to live there. Is there any of those things that we're uncomfortable with? I would just say in our personal, our physical, or our political lives, anything that needs to be transformed by the word of God, would we be willing to let Christ change our perceptions today? Or we hold on to them and say, if we just get the right party in place, if we just have a better economy, if we just... I think the kingdom of God is not about any of those questions. But it's more about, how is my neighbor hurting that lives next door to me? Or the person that sits right next to you this morning. How could I be the type of giving person today that he's called me to be? kingdom of God questions. Stand with me, would you? Father, we're grateful, we're thankful for this wonderful time of year, Lord, when we just really enjoy ourselves. We really enjoy family, we enjoy friends and loved ones. We enjoy the music and the lights and all the stuff, but Lord, is it truly about, is it all pointing to who you are or is it just a warm fuzzy about getting the good deals. Change our perceptions, Lord, if they need to be. Help us to see our neighbor as you see him. Help us to see those that are suffering or hurting. We pray for the teens as they go out and carol. They'll pass off some cookies, Lord, and and bless others with, with their energies, Lord. Bless them as they go and give of themselves to others. May we be that about that this time of the year. Not just about our families, but about others that are out. Help us to have eyes to see the way you see. And we give you thanks, Lord. Bless these, your people, wonderful giving people as we go from this place. May your will be done in our lives. And may we see you as you truly are. And when we have unmet expectations or frustrations or even sadness this time of year, might we know that you are right in it with us. You're hurting with us. And you're walking us through it. We're grateful and we're thankful. Bless these, your people, as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.